LMA Talks, knowledge worth sharing. Hello and welcome to the LMA podcast series, A Day in the Life of, in which we show real life roles of individuals in the product and claims life cycle, providing an understanding and different perspective of these roles to our listeners. This series is open to everyone, but provides a specific focus in engaging young professionals to support, educate and provide practical insight. Our topic today, brought to you by the LMA Claims Academy, focuses on the day in the life of a claims broker. Tim Bolin poses a selection of insightful questions to our guest from Marsh. Over to you, Tim. I welcome Rob Powell, Global Chief Claims Officer. Hello, Rob. Hi, Tim. Thanks for that. Before we dive into the questions, it's probably a good idea if you could give us a bit of an update or a bit of a background to yourself uh, and your career and how you end up doing insurance claims. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Not many people end up in insurance, let alone claims, right? But uh, so I suppose, in all honesty, um, as a a young man, um, I had a great interest in fire, more importantly, things that go bang, actually. So um, I've always been interested in that. Um, So I guess if I didn't enter an insurance, I might even be in jail, who knows? But nevertheless, um, I was so interested, in fact, that I was going to be a doctor, but I really, really wanted to understand how fires were caused and explosions. And I realized that insurance companies actually investigate them. And that was my interest. So I became an insurer, um, then a loss adjuster, and now a broker. That's great. Cheers, Rob. Um, Right. I've got some questions. You are to fire through a few questions? Absolutely. Cool. Right. So um, in simple terms, what is the London Market Claims Broker? Wow. Um, That's kind of a broad question, I suppose. I, I think claims brokers in London have a very varied life. I mean, that's probably the most exciting things about claims in that you never really know what today will be. But in general terms, the the London insurance brokers are the intermediary. So brokers are placing business in the London market with insurers, some retail insurers, some wholesale insurers, and even reinsurers. And the broker's job is to be in that sweet position between the client, the policyholder, and the insuring market. So arguably, if insurers just paid every claim in full, there'd be no claim brokers. But they don't do that, as you know. Um, So the claims broker's job is to present to the insurers uh, the claim on behalf of the client and then to discuss it. Cool. So uh, what makes a good broker? What skills and attributes do you need? Well, they come in varied sizes and shapes, as you can imagine. But it is changing rather rapidly, actually. Um, So the broker really has to be able to articulate the client's position first and foremost. But I think the greatest skill of all is that they have to be a very good listener. So they need a lot of empathy because obviously they're dealing with clients who have a claim. When there is a claim, the situation can be fluid, it can be difficult, can be upsetting, very stressful for policyholders. And so the broker's job is really not just to ask the right questions to understand the claim in detail, but to present those claims in a very simple format and be able to discuss them with insurers. Again, um, listening to what carriers are after in terms of how they want to handle a claim, but as that sort of intermediary spot of really bringing both sides together. So when they do that, I guess the greatest skill of all then once they've listened is to be the negotiator, that advocacy spot, which really brings the parties together. Um, and then that great saying, of course, that the best claim is a closed claim. So it's making sure that both sides get it closed, which is really important. 
Yeah, that makes sense. great sense, Rob. Cheers for that. Much appreciated. Um, so, are all brokers the same, or uh, are there different roles? They're very different, actually. I mean, depending on where you are in the world. But if we're just thinking about London market, uh, a bit like insurers, brokers are quite specialised. So they tend to follow and are going more into the specialist space rather than generalists. So they follow the product lines, a bit like underwriting. So you can have claim brokers who are very dedicated to individual subjects like energy and power or financial lines, DNO, cyber, um, construction, etc. So they really are focusing on and having a great depth of knowledge in that subject. I think the days of the sort of more generalist are kind of coming to an end. Mm, agreed. And uh, so, okay, more practically, when when you receive the notification of a claim from your customer, from the policyholder, uh, what do you actually do? Well, again, arguably, you know, we don't really want to be in the way. I think what we're trying to do is, firstly, we have to submit that claim to the insurance companies. So, you know, there's a great acronym, FNOL, right, First Notice of Loss. So we're responsible to load in some situations those first notice of loss into London market systems or notify the London market and Lloyds as to what needs to be presented. Um, and that has to be done accurately, of course, because presenting that first notice of loss has a, a number of facets. Firstly, it's presenting the picture on behalf of the policyholder that's accurate. So the insurers know what to do next in, in determining how to handle the claim. And then more importantly, there's a, a contractual element as well, isn't there? Because the that submission of a claim has to satisfy the requirements of the policy. Uh, and that could be a time criteria. It could be information to be presented. So there is an onus on the broker to get that right and get it wrong. And um, there can be problems for all. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. So obviously the, the FNO uh, makes its way from the customer to you, then you to the insurer. Uh, what do they do with it? Well, hopefully they pay the claim, but um, it takes a bit more than that, of course. So unfortunately, with an FNOL, it tends to be pretty vague in most situations. So normally they're done quite quickly. So that typical FNOL will just notify the time, date, place of loss and maybe what's happened in general terms. Um, but the insurers have got that pretty tricky task then, haven't they? Because what they have to do is do a, a full due diligence exercise, if you like, on whether the claim sits in that policy contract and is something to be paid. So firstly, they have to look at the cause. They have to look at whether it satisfies the policy requirements. Um, and then the big bit, of course, they have to look at quantum. So has the claim been supported with the right documentation that validates how much they should pay? Most cases that come into London, that's not that easy, and they rely on a lot of experts, particularly if it's a property claim, maybe loss adjusters, or if it's a third-party claim, maybe third-party lawyers, or other experts, you know, typically engineers and so forth. Um, and all of that actually creates um, the mystique, I suppose, about what happens at the insurance company and why so many people are involved. But it is really necessary to get it right. Cool. I guess that might cause some concerns maybe for policyholders. Um, if so, what kind of concerns would they likely have? Yeah, quite a lot. I mean, you know, one of the the issues, I suppose, is when you when you write business and place it as, as a policyholder, you take out a policy, but you kind of assume that you know who you're dealing with. You know, you're dealing with this particular Lloyd's managing agent, for instance, or company. Then when there's a claim, you may find yourself dealing with an expert appointed by those insurers who you don't know, who you didn't expect. 
and that can cause some concern, um, as does denial of claims, for instance, or reservation of rights. You know, these are things that freak people out because I guess if you're a big company and you're a risk manager, you're the buyer and your job's on the line. You know, you bought a product. Does it work? You know, your boss will say, does it does it operate? Will we get paid? In most cases, they don't know. They don't know on day one. And that creates some uncertainty. And um what do we all want in life, particularly from insurance? You know, we need certainty, don't we? Will this policy operate? Will I get paid? So early days are always quite stressful. Cool. So um, so how do you assist the policyholder when they're submitting their claim through? Well, I was talking a bit when you asked me about the, the first notice of loss, about you know how difficult that is for carriers. So from a client perspective, of course, as a policyholder, they have to present the claim. The duty is on them to present it to show and articulate where it fits in that policy document. So how, how is it something that is covered? And then more importantly, what do you want? You know, what is the number? How much money do you want to sign this claim off and close it? So that has to be documented. So we spent quite a lot of time talking to our clients on day one about that. We help them through that process of submitting a claim, making sure they have the right documentation, making sure it gets to the insurers or their experts. And then, of course, whether there are gaps or questions were involved in that process as well, many of which we can answer ourselves because we know the client or we know what's happened in some detail, or we'll go back to the client and actually fill in the gaps and, and augment it with some different knowledge. Cool. So what information are you passing through then, roughly? Well, pretty much all, actually. I mean, if it's relevant to the claim. So, you know, if, if it's a property claim, it could be repair estimates or invoices, um, you know, if it's a huge claim, it can be actually coordinating that response, if you like, on what work needs to be done, how long will it take? And, you know, most most large claims now, if it's a property claim, will have a business interruption element. So it's understanding how a client will mitigate that loss. You know, what can they do to shorten the repair period or restoration period? So it's helping them through some of that with our own experts. You know, we're a, we're a pretty big organization and you know, we have a lot of experts in many areas who can help a client through that process. Similarly, we know the market quite well, so we can have pretty good discussions with insurers and their experts about what have we seen in previous claims that can help this client actually get back on their feet and continue to trade, which is what they want to do. And that's where we come in. It's just giving that consulting advice to clients, how to mitigate and actually to get that claim settled. Um, probably the more interesting bit, I suppose, for most of us would be closing claims. We all like to close claims. Insurance company too as well, right? Um, and it's just getting ourselves and clients in that position where the information is available to meet with the carriers to get them paid and actually talk about what's covered, what's not covered, and what those values are. That can be quite exciting. Agreed. A paid claim is a happy claim, right? Yeah, so, um, exactly. So assuming the claim has been notified through to insurers, They've done the investigations and uh, they're ready to effectively try and settle the claim. Um, how, how do you get involved in that settlement process? Well, this London market is fantastic at doing that, right? So, you know, we all know how it works in terms of agreement parties, um, particularly with Lloyds and, and other insurers. But usually there's a closure meeting. So it's quite normal for a closure meeting to occur with insurers, with the broker and with the client present. So we'll attend um, and it's not a... It's not a formal mediation or dispute resolution process, but those closure meetings are interesting because both sides are presenting their case. Typically with more complex claims, not everything is covered. Typically 
even if it is covered, a lot of the costs involved may not be for insurers to pay. So there will be a delta, there'll be a difference between those two numbers. And getting parties together um, in a business-like manner to a good conclusion where everybody is happy with the result is quite important. And that's a big role of the broker to make that happen. Um, I mean, in addition to be um, to being a big part of the market in a distribution channel um, as the broker, we're obviously have two stakeholders because on the one hand we have a client, a policyholder who we've arranged to sell a policy to and on the other hand we have a duty to the market because we're also representing them in placing business with a carrier um, so we're bringing both sides together because we'll have another relationship tomorrow. It's not not a one claim thing, This it goes on and go on many claims. Cool, thank you. Um, I mean so from your client's perspective I guess it's a question of in that settlement process what, what does good look like from your client's perspective? Well, I think you said it, Tim, a closed claim is good. Um, it's it's actually a brilliant question, you know, because when you ask clients, you can make an assumption. Let's start with that. You can make an assumption of what does a claim look like, um, but until you actually ask them, you don't really know. So there are sort of two bits, aren't there, or two two things that we normally think. One, a client will want the greatest amount of money to settle a claim. Sounds like a good assumption. But the reality is somewhat different. In many cases, they want the money as soon as possible. And in those cases, they'd even take a lesser sum. So they'd actually take a discount on a settlement to get money quicker. So you can't really assume you know what they want. So it's really important to ask them what good looks like. So what's good for you? You know, if you could get the money in a month or three months, would you take a discount on that? Or will you wait a lot longer to go through a due diligence process to document everything, in which case you might get a bit more? And I think you need to understand the client pretty well to have that discussion uh, and then present it to the market in the right way. Cool. Um, you articulated earlier, Rob, that um, complex claims quite often have parts of the claim that aren't covered. Uh, and obviously some of the real benefit you'll have then is getting involved to try and um, be the professional party uh, on a business specific relationship to have that negotiation uh, on the insurer's behalf potentially, or certainly helping um, inform that discussion. Um, are there other claims at the other end of the spectrum that you just don't get involved in? There are. Yeah, I mean, a lot of claims, fortunately, are settled very well and very quickly by insurers. So I, I think it'd be fair to say that the bulk of claims in terms of number just fall under the radar from this market and just get settled and processed pretty quickly and very expediently. So insurers have become really adept at that in, in recent years. They're using a lot of technology to enable it. Um, but that's terrific. I mean, in terms of service, arguably a client never wants to see an insurance company or an expert or a broker. They just want the check, right? Or they want the money wired to them or just to appear on their phone in their bank account. So that's a direction of travel for a lot of volume. Uh, and, and it's pretty successful. Uh, and companies are already doing that, doing it well. You know, it's going to make a huge difference to their profile and how they're perceived by clients. And where there's um, coverage issues and the claims denied by the carrier, um, how do you deal with that? Well, part of what we do uh, as insurers do, you know, is is just that. And, you know, it comes with a job. But the most important thing really is is to remember that, you know, you have to manage expectations. So good news is good news. Bad news does not get better with time. So the earlier you have those conversations, the better. Um, so we're real advocates of that, that the sooner we sit down with client to actually explain, listen, 
you know, here is a situation where there, there will be problems, where there are elements of the claim which may not be covered, or even all of the claim, and explain why that is. And I think in most cases where that's done early, it goes very well. People react badly, as, as human nature is, to where we're surprised. So all of us are the same in that regard, I think. You know, when we receive a surprise, we expected something and it didn't happen. We have a sense of it's not fair. And when people think something's not fair, they'll argue and become disgruntled. And that's a difficult situation. So when we do it soon, I think it works out really well. And we certainly bring that to, to what we do for a living. Um, working with carriers on how we present that discussion is always important. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really all about that. Where we can't resolve it, and that does happen, you know, cases enter into dispute resolution, whether it's arbitration or mediation or litigation. Uh, and we have a role to play there too, either as an expert witness or helping a client negotiate through it. But, you know, the truth is, all claims do get settled at some point, um, even the worst ones. Nothing stays outstanding forever. So it's important to bear that in mind. It's just a matter of how it's done. And, um, you know, there's a great saying, isn't there, that, you know, you nobody sues someone that they love. And I think that's true with insurers and policyholders. If they can form that relationship early in the life of a claim and actually respect each other and understand each other, then it makes for a better result and less dispute. Agreed, yeah. So what, what makes your job more difficult? And um, are there any things that can make it a bit easier? Well, surprises are always the big problem. I mean, you know, where you talked about denied claims, you know, where a claim is denied that the broker is unaware of it, that's a problem because the first thing that will happen is the policyholder will call us and sometimes scream and shout. Um, so that's not great. You know, London's getting really good at giving brokers a heads up on, look, this isn't looking great. We're going to have to deny it or it's going to be a claim we can't pay in full. But that's normally number one, I think. Um the other issues would be the normal ones that most people find, actually. I mean, claims are all about the policy language. So where policy hasn't been issued um, or a policy is unavailable, the wording or where the wording is wrong or there are errors, that can be pretty frustrating, actually, uh, and cause some grief. It doesn't happen a lot, but it's quite difficult. Um, and sometimes, honestly, in this market, we get difference in conditions. You know, you get a number of carriers in a subscription market, not just one. So where you've got many insurers, they've all got different rights, all got different interests, um, and they can't agree between themselves sometimes. So it's, I don't like the expression herding cats, but, but getting them in a group together to actually agree that this is the way forward can take a lot of energy, not just for the broker, actually for the leader as well. Um, and that's quite a skill. So, I mean, there are lots of good leaders in this market, fortunately, but um, it can be frustrating at times. What's the... Um... What's the biggest gripe of the broker for the Lloyd's, dealing with the Lloyd's market? Gripe? Well, I think the thing I hear more commonly is that ECF hasn't been loaded properly um, or documents haven't been presented in the right way or stored in the repository. So it's normally more about process than anything else. They don't worry me that much because these things are dealt with and, you know, errors happen on both sides in terms of technology and, and documentation. The ones I think are a little bit more troubling are where um, where this market feels that something along the line isn't fair, that the client or the broker is being too aggressive in pursuing a claim, that the claim is too much or wrong or they didn't expect it. 
and that can cause upheaval and difficulties. I mean, again, you know, where we're seeing the same sort of thing day in, day out, we expect it. But when something's new and novel, it's unexpected, and sometimes it doesn't feel right. So a lot of complaints come in that nature that, hang on a minute, we've got this claim. Are you serious? Is your client serious? And sometimes those conversations can be difficult, um, particularly where they're big numbers and the claims are rather large. Thanks. There's um, there's quite a bit of notice, quite a bit of uh, disruption in the market at the moment. The Future at Lloyd's programme looking to disrupt uh, the way we've always dealt with claims to make it slicker and faster and better. Um, what have you seen recently or what's on the table coming soon um, that will impact the broker's role uh, and what they do in the insurance market for Lloyd's? Well, technology is the biggest one, isn't it, I guess? And, you know, the, the world of insurance is and always has been about data, but it's certainly becoming clear that the more data you have and the, and the more insights you have through better analytics, the best place you are to write business and to deal with claims. And I think that's where the future is going. So it's it's really it's about triaging claims and segmenting them into what do we need to look at versus what we don't need to look at and where we have more complex claims. You know, how can we deal with them more? Well, let's say with more analytics that actually make more sense um, so we know what the outcome looks like. You know, a, a lot of work has been done in the uh, predictive analytics space on volume claims, particularly in the United States, things like workers' compensation and casualty. And we all know that the the more you move a claim around um, in the insurance environment from one handler to the next, then the value of that claim increases. So, you know, the old maxim, settle early, settle cheap, is used quite a bit. But it's true. And therefore, I think understanding as early as you can which claims are complex versus which are not and where you should really make sure you get your best people. And that will be more crucial as we go into the future. So it's getting the right person on the right job who can actually articulate it and get it done. I think that's Excellent. where we're going. Excellent. Now, now Rob, you're, um, you're the Global Chief Claims Officer for Marsh. Um, what, what do you enjoy about your role? <laughs> yeah, well, my boss is listening every bit, every bit, yeah. Um, well, I think team building, actually. I mean, I like claims anyway, but if we if we pass that one, then I wouldn't be in claims otherwise. I mean, you know, I like clients, I like claims, you know, I like, I like really helping people, I wouldn't say it's a social calling, but helping people restore and actually in a difficult situation, putting them back. Many clients are emotional um, and just being there and helping them through that process is hugely rewarding. It doesn't matter the size of the claim. It's just dealing with the person. Um, you know, we, we remember, you know, the old CII textbooks, you know. I mean, insurance isn't about insuring bricks and mortar. It's about insuring the interest of a person. It's that person's interest that's important. And therefore, you have to deal with everybody differently because it's the person that we're negotiating with or talking to. I think that's the most rewarding thing for me is meeting different people, different rights and interests, different cultures, and internally, just the team building. I love building teams and seeing young people come in and flourish and grow, um, you know, and leaving that something behind. I think that's terrific. Love it. Brilliant. That's great to hear. Uh, I think probably the final question I might have then is war story time. Have you got any interesting claims you've been involved in you can maybe spin us a yarn on? Probably not. We sign a lot of non-disclosure agreements. Um, well, I mean, there have been so many. I mean, I handle claims all of my life. That's all I've ever done. But I mean, I've handled small claims, big claims. Um, you know, I was 
I would, wouldn't say fortunate, but I was because I met a lot of good people to, to be involved in the Trade Center claim at 9-11. And I lived in New York at that time as well. And, you know, that was a, an incredible experience just to be involved on something positive which came out of that disaster. And I've done a number of claims like that, um, not not the same, but similar situations elsewhere. Um, I think I think the one that strikes me, if I was to mention one, though, I was living in the Caribbean, actually, and after one hurricane, I went to see a very, very old lady whose home had been destroyed as it was presented. And when I went there, she literally lived in a, I think we describe it as a garden shed. It was no bigger than that, you know, sort of 12 foot by four foot. And it had blown over on its roof. Um, and she was sitting outside um, just, you know, on a small stool, really. And I went there with a guy next door. We, we just rolled it back over onto some breeze blocks. And she was the happiest woman in the world. Um, has some insured, I'll never forget, it was tiny. I mean, I, I can't remember the exact amount, but it was nothing. It was, you know, $500 or something that she'd insured this tiny wooden home for. So I, I'd agree with the insurer to pay her in full because the home was destroyed. And she was just such a happy person. And yet, you know, wanted for nothing. She just seemed quite relaxed and these things happen. And it just sort of brings home that, you know, not everything is a big claim. It's about humans and the smallest things and insurance works and that's what he's there for absolutely well well thank you rob for your time today that's much appreciated some really great insight there into the role of what the broker does in london um so thank you very much for your time and uh yes thank you you're very welcome thanks for listening take care bye-bye thanks tim thank you tim and to our guest rob for sharing your great insight with our listeners into the role of a claims broker We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, which is part of a Day in the Life of series. LMA Talks, knowledge worth sharing.